So Sean, we were talking a little bit earlier today about uh, like the the email response rates and the whole kind of email blast concept. And I want to get your take on uh, what's working in the email outbound space and what's not. Do you have any thoughts there? I do. Lots. How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> My whole thing, and this is part of the inspiration for why I wanted to build something like Podcast Chef was I had found out basically that the numbers never impressed me. The whole like, you should expect 1%. I couldn't help but think that that means that I'm losing 99%. Uh, so someone that is really appreciates efficiency like me doesn't really pass muster, so to speak. So I'm like, well, it seems like there's a lot of opportunity to improve there. And even for the folks that are really good at this, when they have something that's like really delivering, if it's crushing it out of the park, it's like, 3%, <laughs> which compared to 1% is much improved, right? Uh, relatively speaking, but compared to the aggregate or how much opportunity there is, to me, it's still kind of underwhelming. So, you know, I looking for better ways to offer what I would consider to be a better hook, but a hook that offers value to who you're trying to connect with. And in that case, it would be your prospect. So I've always seen the like direct sequencing where you go right into the sale as a screaming with a megaphone at someone to buy whatever it is you're selling. And I've never really known anyone who, even if they have a problem that needs to be solved, then your potential person to solve that likes to be approached in that way. So if you're in kind of B2B, uh, as in you're selling services to another business, then I don't like any of those approaches. Um, and I think the performance numbers, the results speak for itself. It's funny. I uh, I can speak to that specifically. There's a couple of different instances where, you know, when you're a, a younger business owner or early entrepreneur, where you just kind of don't know any better. Um, like the guys who um, have you ever been in those situations where somebody's standing on a street corner handing out flyers for a local like mattress sale business? Like, oh. like I'm a pedestrian. This is a great use of your advertising budget to give handouts for mattresses while I don't have the ability to carry one home. Like, like what is the thinking process right. throughout it? Or like the, the folks that advertise on the diner, you know, uh, placemats yep. where it's like, Oh wait, I need to find my next reorder. Where am I going to find them? Oh, Oh, you know what? I, I'm hungry for pie too. So let's, let's bounce out to the diner and see if I can find a realtor. And, and I think the, the email response rates, that whole kind of like shotgun model and the way that works um, is is broken in a lot of ways. So uh, one of the things that 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 we were talking about um, was was how do you get past the fact that a you don't know folks and b you can't hit them right in the face with offer all the time. Like totally. that's a icky icky way to operate. So so how do we get around that? Yeah, that's a great question, and that that's essentially what I kind of set out to solve and where I wound up with in terms of podcast chef. I ran a personal kind of like research project myself before I got there, trying to solve that specific problem because I was messaging people directly and, you know, you get all kinds of gross all over you and a <laughs> bunch of inconsistent results. And by the time you're done, it's kind of like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> Couldn't help but think that way when I was experimenting. So I'm like, all right, well, let's do an actual research project here. Like I know that I don't want to go direct into the sale. People don't respond well to it. Right. And even if they do, like the numbers that are considered to be a high performance there to me are still garbage. So instead I'm like, well, I want to offer someone something of value, right? Which doesn't go right into the sale. I want realistically a more efficient way 
to start building a relationship with someone in my target market. Then if I get to know them, they get to know me, and we're just building relationships like we normally would if we met each other in person, you know, like back in the before times, then that's progress. And that's a great first step in this whole process, right? Because there aren't a lot of people that even if, even in your email sequencing, if that does ultimately lead to a deal, they don't immediately say like, great, send me a, send me a bill, <laughs> right? Right out of the email, right? It leads to a bunch of conversations and relationship building and whatnot. So instead of throwing, you know, all that money down a well, what I did was I came up with like a list of 10 things that I felt like I could offer someone that they might be interested in more so than just, Hey, you buy this. And it was like, be a guest on my blog, right? Let's do a video together be a guest on my podcast, like participate in a research project, whatever it was, I got a list of like five to 10 of those. And then I ran an experiment myself under my own LinkedIn profile, where across basically lists of prospects that I had created in sales navigator. And then I sent messages of a certain type, inserting essentially each one of those options over a period of time and sending about the same volume of messages to people in those target lists to then evaluate, okay, who responds? When do they respond? What type of response did I get so that I could measure the performance of how they all did against one another? After having done that, I think I got, you know, I might've tried 10 and out of the 10 I tried, I got actual responses from probably three of all those combinations. Two of them were like underwhelming as in not really great. The one that blew them all out of the water by a wide margin, which whenever I run any experiments, that very rarely happens. So I was quite pleased with podcasting for whatever reason. And at the time I knew nothing about it. This was years ago. So my messaging was essentially just, do you want to be a guest on my podcast? And at the time I knew nothing about it. Um, I just knew that was something I wanted to test. And I figured, you know, much like I do a lot of the consulting work that I do in product is like, you know, they always tell you to kind of sell the concept test the concept, try to validate it before you, you know, break ground and start building, which gets expensive and time consuming because you might build in the wrong direction if you really don't know. So I applied the same concept to this exercise. And once I had the results, I was pretty confident that podcasting was something that was going to work pretty well. So that's how this whole thing got started, so to speak. And I had, you know, equal parts excitement and many panic attacks when there were dozens of people responding like, yes, I want to be a guest on your podcast. And I was like, now I need to go learn how to do that. <laughs> so from, from that, and, and, you know, we can talk about kind of the mechanics of then fulfilling those promises as you go, but I want to go back for just a second to that relationship development conversation, because um, relationship-based selling isn't new. And in fact, it may be the oldest way to sell anything, which is, you know, hey, do you have a recommendation? It's almost like a referral. Um, what um, what do you do to nurture that relationship from the conversation like, hey, I want to be on your podcast to let's be friends? <laughs> like, how does that work? Well said. That's, I, I in that context, I like to focus on concept essentially of like likability essentially where it's you know okay even if we met each other let's say at like an in-person networking event or under the context of we may have some form of an agenda here that's what motivated us to reach out and connect at the same time i don't think that should i don't think you should continually invest in it with only that motive in mind because if you do 
especially for the savvier individuals, it's going to be pretty transparent and obvious what it is you're trying to do. And it, it comes off as though you're just trying to use the individual that you're connecting with and that you only have like some type of financial achievement in mind, right? And it's going to seem disingenuous and it's going to seem like you don't really care about them. So instead, approach it like you would anybody else, right? Looking to make friends, looking to date, whatever it is, express and show genuine interest in them. Look for ways to actually connect with them, learn more about them. What are their hobbies and interests? Like, what are they passionate about? Why do they do the work that they do, right? All of these are great examples in terms of how to start building a relationship. I just connected with someone today who I wanted to have a relationship with. So, you know, much like we do at Podcast Chef, that's how I opened the conversation is because I wanted the highest probability of getting a response. So I invited them to be a guest on my show to promote what they've been working on lately, which would be valuable for me, valuable for their audience and helps me establish a relationship with them. And then we went back and forth over email. Ultimately, we scheduled the opportunity to record, but they then shared with me, here's some background information. And I read through it and it was a long story, but I read essentially the whole thing. And it was super interesting on this individual. And at some point in the story, it started talking about something that I've done myself, which was travel around a little bit and stay in Airbnbs for a period of time. I've done that myself. So I responded back with that. I said, super interesting that you had that experience as well, too. I did that also. So now we've got something immediately that we've both done completely unrelated to work or any other way we may help each other for business that we can connect on a personal level. And I'm hopeful that you know, I, I probably won't forget that because I don't know a ton of people that have done that. I know a lot of people who have wanted to do that, but this person actually has. So the next time we connect and have a conversation, I'm going to start by talking about that, right? As in like anybody else who gets this person's ear, gets time with them, might immediately try to sell them something or might, you know, go right into business. But in what it is I'm trying to do, I'm not trying to just, you know, look at only what said individual I'm speaking with can do for me, but I want to build a relationship. I want them to actually be a friend. And then from there, if we have an opportunity to help each other, even better. It's funny. The, the <laughs> you, you can't fake uh, being interested, right? You really, so you, you can't like, um, it's one of those things. <laughs> it's like, it's like the guy going on the date, like asking like, so are you going to get the steak? is is that what you're going to eat like like are you going to get the most expensive thing on the menu it's like are you serious buddy like do you do you understand how this works so you know when it comes to that relationship development side of the conversation and being interested i think the 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 underlying understanding is that it's it's never about um uh getting getting paid right away and it's never you know if it if it works out great and if it doesn't that's also great um, I have built outrageously strong referral relationships with folks that are not in the market for what I do. And that um, that part of the conversation has to come out very, very early. Like, look, I just want to know about what you're up to. And uh, because you seem interesting, your profile seems like you're very accomplished or what have you. Um, and and I like meeting folks that have a different perspective than I do. So when when it comes from from that place, I think the the sales conversation stops being sales and being like, hey, listen, if you're struggling with this, I, I might have an answer. Might have an answer because it's not for everybody, and that gets back to you know the same thing that's true with the email, which is you have to determine who you want to network with. It's got to be the right person, 
right? You can't just go out there again on that street corner selling <laughs> selling mattresses kind of thing. It doesn't, that's not the target market and it's not the target relationship. You want to meet with folks that are legitimately somebody who can help move the ball forward for you or, or you for them. Yeah. And that's a really good perspective too. That's something I didn't learn until much later in my career as well. Also, it's the, you know, even if you are sending messages and for whatever type you really need to be speaking to a specific person, right? At least a persona, but that persona shouldn't deviate a whole lot. Like the conversation you're going to have with the salesperson versus the marketing person versus the CEO versus the CFO, those are all at least probably four different types of conversations. So if you're saying something that might encourage a CEO to respond, that may or may not get a response from a CFO and vice versa. So you really need to know who you're speaking to also. People don't set themselves up for success here because they try to do too much with too little. And as such, those results are also underwhelming. And it's almost like running an experiment, like getting back to the scientific method. If you're changing multiple variables and you get a different outcome, did you actually learn anything? I would say probably not because you really can't point one of those variables to that outcome. It could have been any of those things that you changed. So instead, you've got to experiment the right way here too, but keep it as narrowly focused as you can so that like what I was doing, you can compare them against one another. Like I, I had a spreadsheet and I was labeling the messages I was sending and whatnot. So I could go back and I could cross-reference anything all the way down to who I sent, what, when, and you know what type of message. So that gave me a high degree of confidence that said, I can, you know, expand even from there. I can try different types of messages on certain topics to figure out what works. Like you can go all the way through and through with it if you want. But if you're running your experiments in the right way, they're going to be much more valuable for you. And you're going to learn something that's going to move the needle. Leads me to a, a natural sort of next question. And that is, um, you know, in, in the development of those relationships, you kind of have to pass the sniff test, right? You have to, you have to be able to speak in the language of your customer. What happens when you're new to this, you know, new to the industry you're in or new to the space where you don't have, you know, that experience of traveling the world, like, you know, you've had with the, the person you met or, uh, where you don't have the experience of talking at, you know, that level, how do you get past that kind of, um, separation or, or or divergent backgrounds those venn diagrams don't overlap enough what do you do yeah great question ultimately what i learned to do is you know do the research up front as much as you can if you're going into i can definitely tell based on even the results the rapport that we develop how well the conversation goes before and after if i've done my homework up front versus if i haven't and i've just kind of gone into it so you might be sitting there saying to yourself well i've had million sales conversations with whatever this type of persona, right? And I'm expecting to go like the rest of them have. It doesn't matter how many, you know, in terms of what you're expecting to do. If you're planning to do that with a new person, right? Everyone's got different personalities. Everyone's got different backgrounds. Everyone's into different things. And if you have zero context for ultimately what that is beforehand, you're not doing yourself any favors and you're just going to make it that much harder. That's where you're going to wind up with, you know, uh, closed-ended questions and potentially one-word answers, which lead to really awkward conversations, but also just time that's not well spent. It just wasn't, it didn't, it's not going to work. So you're going to end up wasting your time. So if you do a little bit of research up front on who it is you're speaking with, you can learn all the things that they're into. This person I was just speaking with, you know, I found out that they have a dog, they like to travel, they have two kids, and where they, you know, they described like where they lived and how they moved around, the type of businesses that they've run before. And I mean, their personality really starts to come through. So 
lot of people are doing things like producing content and exploring hobbies and a lot of that stuff is available on publicly available you know accessible social media profiles and they're using that to kind of connect with other people these stories go as far as you can see on some people's profiles that they are giving you essentially instructions or directions in terms of how to reach out to them and if you don't look at their profile you would never know and a lot of folks basically just ignore folks that haven't taken that approach i remember a story from this was an angel investor i met in new york and it was a networking event we were there kind of learning basically the story that they were describing in terms of how they built one of their previous companies and did so rather successfully but they were an angel investor and someone was pitching them to try to raise funds for what they were working on and the conversation had gone well all the way to up and through the end where essentially the person approaching them had asked them kind of something along the lines of a personal question where they just assumed that they weren't big into like sports or athletics or something like that um, they just made an assumption about them that had they done any homework they would have known that said individual was like a competitive triathlete and you know was way into all of that kind of stuff but they didn't wear it all over there's all over themselves like you know a badge of honor so to speak it's but it's something they're really passionate about and that really rubbed them the wrong way it actually skunked the deal which is wild because like up until that point they had knocked it out of the park but had they done any homework about who they were intending to meet it wouldn't have just been you know it's not just their process which matters in order for that stuff to go well it really is that relationship building aspect and a little bit of research goes a long way so that that leads to like natural naturally the kind of next phase of that and and this is um awkward because it's the equivalent of putting dollar figures on people right but when we talk about what's the roi of the relationship model um, i think it's important to understand too that you're not necessarily you know going to use this to get sales immediately that may happen right? But what's happened more often than not in my experience is um, people change jobs, their life changes, people keep moving, you know, when you, even though you're ecstatic in your own business, or you might be, um, people around you keep moving. And so you'll find that folks will come back um, days, weeks, months, years later and say, oh, I remember you were doing that. Um, and, and now I'm in front of a situation where I need that that problem solved. I think uh, I think it's it's um, confusing though because do you go back and properly track that to the initial email outreach you did you know a year and a half ago right how how do you 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 factor that kind of um, those kind of responses into planning to do something like a podcast? Yeah, great great point for sure. Right, and that's the thing is if you're I totally understand and can appreciate being technical myself and having studied engineering love the numbers, love to dive into the numbers, but quantitative isn't qualitative. And over the rest of my career so far, I've really learned to appreciate the qualitative elements and, you know, just the, especially the why component is, is often hidden behind the numbers. So if you have raw data, regardless of how well organized it is, it doesn't often really answer some of the most important questions, which is basically why do people do what they do? um why or why not that comes from conversations that comes from relationships that comes from long-term investments which is essentially how you're describing it right as in the more effort i put into this the better reward i'm going to get but at some point in the future which is helpful to know where that came from to an extent so as long as you're achieving the level of performance that you want and you continue to invest in those channels to do those things then you should continue to see success with them 
And only until that stops performing to the extent that you would like it, should you really talk about making a change. There's uh, another famous, uh, like somewhat famous story out there floating around where it talks about someone who was like overwhelmingly successful in selling cars back in the day. And the way that they did that was they were, they had uber personal relationships with the people that they met. And, you know, buying a car is very much a timing thing, as in, you know, everyone that comes to a dealership, or like you said, walking around on the sidewalk is not necessarily in the in the position or at the right time to be able to purchase a car, right? That's a major expense. So instead, what said individual was doing was like writing a lot of actual like snail mail, like writing postcards to people, um, keeping track of birthdays, like making sure that they stayed top of mind for them, but expressed genuine interest in the things that were going on in their lives. Not, you know, hey, I've got a deal for you kind of stuff. More like, hey, um, happy birthday, <laughs> right? As in, I just wanted to say hello and I hope everything's going well. And then uh, the rest of the case study plays out where it's like that had built such strong relationships for said individual that whenever it came to purchasing cars, everyone always came to him. And it just overwhelmingly crushed the rest of the competition who was doing all of that, you know, hunting stuff, which we like to think and get excited about. We're going to right, manifest our own destiny in every instance of the world. But the farming component, like said individual was investing in, ended up just walloping the competition. And all we really needed to do was make sure that it was continually investing in the, those relationships via the methods that were relatively low tech. And there you had it, you know, a ton of great results performance-wise. We'll, uh, we'll get the name of that guy in the show notes. It's a pretty pretty famous uh, story, so it should be pretty easy to spot, and we'll link to the Wikipedia page or whatever. Um, so, you know, it, there's there's a couple loaded questions that come in your way, and they're they're hard and they're icky, and they 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 sound really really rough. But um, so so now we've got you know um, now we've got relationship development as an effective strategy for business development, right? Relationship based selling. Um, how do we do that at scale? Yeah, great question. So the way I think about it is I need a process that I know works first. I can't scale it before that. So you have to have something that works on the smaller scale. Then you can talk about how can I scale that up from there? So the way I think about it is repeatability first, scalability second. So if I can invest in a certain series of steps or develop a standard operating procedure that can produce somewhat consistent results, just like that experiment I described where you know, I really got down to the point where I knew if I sent 10 messages inviting people to be on a podcast, I would get three, I would get three yeses back. And I knew that at the level of 10, and then I did it at hundred and I got about 30. So I knew, right, this level of performance that I saw on a smaller scale, it's also applying at a larger scale. And I can turn what I've been doing into a procedure that I can now train anyone on my team to be able to do as well. So if it's something like that, I can invest in different ways to just effectively deliver more results by expanding from the perspective of capacity. I can have more people following the process that I know is, has been verified to be repeatable so it can become more scalable. Then there's a whole other element which we could get into too, which is like strategically, how do we do this more efficiently, right? How do we pull and certain levelers and turn certain knobs to be able to be able to do more with less, not just do more with more, but that's kind of a, a different component to that. That becomes important as you start to scale because you don't just want to grow linearly. You always want to kind of try to grow as exponentially as you can. So for the larger, larger uh, engagements that have, you know, 
you know, bigger deal sizes and stuff like that. Uh, or you have, you know, mid-market size sales teams where you're managing a fleet of sales folks. How does something like this integrate into their lead gen generation strategy? Yeah, great question. So most of teams like that I've seen are doing the cold email sequencing kind of outbound stuff. And they're the folks that I was talking to earlier that are considering, you know, one to 3% to be like absolutely crushing it, which to me still super underwhelming. Right. And in terms of what we've been able to do, even for us at Podcast Chef using our service, as in just leveraging a more powerful hook, right? We can easily double those numbers, most of the time, triple those numbers. So that's really what it's about is figuring out how to level up whatever it is you're currently investing in. And that's one way to do it, right? It doesn't have to be podcasting, it can be whatever works for you. But we found great results of podcasting based on the research that I've done. And that's the one, obviously, I'm going to recommend because it's worked pretty consistently for us across industries. So you'd look at essentially like most teams like that are using tools to manage these email sequences. You don't even need to create a new sequence. I would recommend you do so we can stay away from that whole like uh, experimentation thing where we, we're not changing too many variables all at once. But if you create another sequence, then update that sequence to invite folks on the podcast that you will build just like I did. If it works out, if you want to be absolutely 100% lean as you possibly can when it comes to something like this, turn it on, send it to the same or you know a different set of the similar prospects that match the same persona, and then evaluate the results. What type of open rate and reply rate do you get when compared with your other sequences? If you're really looking to build a relationship, the extra time and steps involved here will be worth it because you'll be talking to a much larger percentage of folks in a shorter period of time that are likely to turn into deals with a higher probability than going right to the cell. At least that's what we've seen from the research we've done. And to boot, you get a ton of amazing organic content that you can then share in a ton of different formats, which are super popular today and have got even like virality components to them that are likely to attract even more people, right? So that and that's that postcard effect, right? From the from the car dealership, as you now you've got your own version of that, sending more people your way as you're staying more top of mind for them. Awesome, awesome. I think we could probably dive dive into this forever, but uh, let's save it for another show, and we'll pick it back up. Very good. Thanks, Thanks. Brian. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-A-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done-for-you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do 
Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks.